Everybody, welcome to Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of beers, the show of trains. I think we even talk about Agatha Christie, perhaps, in this wonderful episode, an interview with Matt McGinnis, a writer, a photographer, a drinker, a thinker, lots of cool things. I first met Matt probably about two, three years ago now. He was doing a story for Austin Man magazine because I am an Austin man or some derivative thereof, and we got Got to talking and we kind of hit it off and he's an interesting personality. He's a cheeky bastard. You'll catch some of this in the interview. But I think he's really, really passionate about spirits. And he talks a bit about his new, well, maybe moderately new client with Trudy Oak and the kinds of things that are going on there. And that's actually pretty exciting for those of you who are into Texas craft spirits. But let me not interfere anymore. Welcome, everybody, back from the holiday break, and let's sit back and enjoy my interview with Matt McGinnis. But so, uh, you know, I went out to Dave and Joe's wedding at the, the Treaty Oak Ranch. Right, yeah. Um, I, did, were you out there? I, don't, I was, yeah. You were? I didn't even run into you. Yeah. It was a brilliant occasion, though. Oh, my gosh, it was great. It Wasn't was... it cool? Yeah. How do you feel about how the, the ranch turned out? You know, um, it's coming along. It's coming along really well. Yeah. Um, I was there today. It looks a little bit better every day. Yeah, yeah. Put it in a second fire pit today. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. So it's it's going to be a, a heck of a destination for people to go. It and, is. And it was experience. really, I was really impressed with it. It was, Yeah. It, it felt very true to Texas, but it also felt, kind of nerdy which is good you know you have all this measuring equipment you have all these fermenters you have like all these stacks and cases of booze in the the warehouse and stuff it's a very cool mix well you know since the wedding all of the brew house equipment's come in so the brewery will be operational you know in months so so So, fully functioning fully functioning distillery starting to to venture into whiskey it well, looks like i saw this yeah. the, the rick house and all that you've got to make wash so to more... make whiskey right right so right, right. they had been um working with oh that because they were, they were neighbors right in, yeah, it was in right North next Austin. next to it right yeah. so they were getting their wash from them um but they're installing their own brewery i mean all the brewing equipment's in really? now yeah what like the, the boiler was going in today so i mean it's it's going to be awesome. a whole new line of business form. Well, like I mean, it's just the, the main focus is to make whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Um, because that's the love of those guys. Yeah, you know? they're total whiskey. Everything hounds. was just kind of like ancillary to that goal. Well, you know? I mean, they're making great spirits, but sure, but it was their, about their, their whiskey. Heart. Yeah, you know, so you could tell that's the love. Yeah. So you know, and and if you've got brewing equipment, what else can you make? Right, beer. Yeah, for so sure. they're gonna make beer. Um, so that'll no be up shit. and running in you know a matter of months and. So then there'll be beer on hand there. Mm-hmm. So they'll package it. They'll have a canning, um, you know, canned beers, can line and cake all that. beers. They'll yeah. sell it at the ranch and offsite too. 
That's crazy. Yeah. What's the brand? Same brand? Treaty Oak? It'll be Treaty Oak, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Do you know any, what, like, what kind of style they're going to be looking um, at? Sessionable beers. Yeah. So they'll have three year-round um, beers. Uh, but I've tasted some of the the early stuff, but yeah. I don't know exactly what they'll have by the time. Interesting. Yeah. When are they looking to finally get it out there? Uh, probably first quarter. First quarter. Yeah. yeah. Calendar. Fiscal year. For Fiscal us, year. For this, yeah, like, yeah. Some of us, you know, we're, uh, <laughs> no, we're, we're here for right now. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Well, so how long have you been working with the Treaty Oak guys? You know, um, I left my executive corporate job about a year and a in half ago. In advertising or it was marketing? I can't marketing remember. and marketing, PR, right? yeah. yeah. So I was running, I was managing director of uh, the local office of a big PR agency. Big one, right. Yeah. And I wanted to follow my passion. I wanted to work with beverage companies. Food yeah. and beverage has been my thing for a long time. Because that's what you were covering even then. You were kind of well, moonlighting, Well, I was doing writing. Right? Yeah. It was my sideline. Um, so, so I could keep my finger on the pulse of my passion. Right, right. So I started writing about it. But uh, my business was all technology. And I've done that for, you know, 20 years. What, but, what kind of, what kind of tech? So I've represented semiconductor design, sure, chip sure. companies. Um, I worked at Dell. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. And then my last job I was representing like Panasonic and yeah. Nokia and, you know, software companies and a variety of different things. Was that because you, did you go to school for that or? Nope. I have a degree Just... in philosophy. <laughs> but apply, that's the thing it's like either it kills you or you can apply it across every industry exactly like either so, way yeah so i you know um but you broke away like it with the time was right the time was, was time right and i called it. daniel i bet you know i'd written about treaty oak a number oh, sure. of times over the yeah. years and the atx um, man magazine for example right, right? yeah mm-hmm. where i think where we initially met more or less right yeah. yeah um so you know i i called him and said hey um going out on my own I would love to work with distilleries. If yeah. you know anybody who's looking, I know you've got an agency, but sure. if you know anybody. But let they me were, know. Tra- if I recall, they were transitioning from the industry or the they, that, they that. were just in the middle of transitioning, yeah. and I didn't know that. Yeah. Um. So you know, I was just looking for referrals, sure. and he said, "Well, hey, let's try you out on a project." So I did a couple projects for him, and then uh, in uh, July, this um, no, no, I'm sorry, yeah, it was July. They hired me. Um, oh, cool. Are you part of like part of staff or still like a vendor? No, I'm uh, I'm I'm their agency. That's that's right. So yeah. So I'm, what's what's your agency officially called now? Penn and Tellus. Penn and Tellus. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhat clever. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty clever. Well, my son named it. Oh shit! Really? <laughs> yeah. How old is your son? Well, he's twelve now, but you know he's, he's gonna follow your. He's gonna you have to hand yeah. over the keys. Soon he was almost eleven when he when he came up with the name. Yeah. So he was ten. Oh, that's brilliant. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. So you've been working with them. Have you expanded the clientele too beyond? Yeah. So right now I have three um, like annual contracts. Yeah. So Treaty Oak, uh-huh. um, Wedding Oak Winery. Well, okay. In okay. San Saba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm keeping the oak thing going. Yeah, might as well. Uh, Shit, you brought yeah. some bourbon. I mean, let's just keep it going. <laughs> and then um, I'm working with the, the company that owns Uncle Billy's uh, Brewery. Oh, uh, um, my, no, Otis? It's... um. Rick Angle. Okay, okay. Yeah, and... Oh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of you as uh, ABGB. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. no different. Different, yeah. different, yeah, yeah. And the, yeah, and, um, Little Woodrow's Bars oh, and cool. uh, Ski Shores. Very FA. cool. Yeah, so those are my my full-on clients, and then I do a lot of project work for tech companies, energy yeah. companies. Still doing Other tech. wineries, yeah. Do you so, like keep them busy? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's you know, so there's bad, been, right? been some months when I've been too busy, and I'm like, yeah. if this were all... Full on, I could hire, mm-hmm. but it goes, you know, 
peaks and valleys. I know. It's it's like it evens out the end. The average at the end of the year is like right in the middle. Like yeah. your slow time and your crazy time is all evened out, you know? Yeah. Cause it's so seasonal. You know, it's crazy. But do you like that shift? Are you glad that you're working for yourself now? Absolutely. It's so different. Um I don't feel stressed at all. Yeah. Um, but it, or, or it's a different kind of stress, right? Well, even when I'm really busy, mm-hmm. I'm like, this is good stuff. I love it. Yeah. And I really like my clients. I like the work I'm doing. I like the people that I'm working with. For sure. Um, I Most of the time work at home. Sometimes I work on site at other people's places. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's great to be home when my kids get home from school and I, I can, bet. you know, like today I took an hour off in the middle of the afternoon to go to um, parents day at my daughter's gymnastics. Oh, nice. Thing. Yeah. So That's I went great. to tumbling stuff. It's, uh, two kids. Yeah. Yeah. A uh, son and a daughter. Son, son and a daughter. Just son turned is, 12. Yeah. You said, yeah, he's yeah. And then my daughter's is, is he getting difficult? I think I was getting difficult. Well, <laughs> I mean, yet. okay, well a little bit, but he's still really <laughs> sweet. So yeah. if he, if he's that smart at 11 to come up with a nice name and a, like a punny name, he's a super smart kid. He's yeah. going to be a pain in the ass. Cause he you know, be. he's going to be real smart. Well, but eventually he'll be back to being this week. Yes. Guy, it's a, what so. is it like a three year period? Yeah, like three that, four, four years. Yeah. And then eventually you're like, no, you're cool, Dad. It's yeah. cool, man. Yeah. I, he still I, thinks I'm cool right now. Oh, that's good. He still wants to hang out with me. That's real good. We play soccer together all the time. No kidding. Yeah. Do you guys watch? Uh, I mean, God, this got to be. I, I think about this moment. You know, I, I don't have any kids, but that bottle, right? So he's he's twelve. I'm not. You know, I'm not condoning underage drinking at all. But when. Because he's going to grow up in this culture of appreciation for uh, artisan, artisanal right. shit, right? Like mm-hmm. spirits and all that. Isn't it going to be a great day where you guys sit down and you share that really nice glass of whiskey with each other? You know, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I have a bottle of his birth year Bordeaux oh, laid cool. back for him and for my daughter. Yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping that they want it by the time they're old enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, maybe that's 18, 19, 20, 21. But I don't still, know. still, that's cool. It's a um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't quite grow up in that. My parents don't drink. My no. mom doesn't drink at all, really. Just, my just dad just wasn't into it? or Yeah. It, you know, my dad, every once in a while, would have like a Drambuie or a Rusty Nail. You yeah. Know, some scotch. So, like a, like a, a cult classic kind of old right, school Right, but he's not yeah. like a drinker drinker. Right. My, um, no, my par- my mom doesn't drink at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which so is, you know, a, it's like, is the most ironic turn of events in my <laughs> career to be like, hey, I, uh, I just made this booze. Do you want to try it? Like, eh, I can't really do it, you know? Yeah. So, but that's cool. Where, where are your parents from? They, well, they're from the Midwest, Midwest, so they're both sort of Iowa kids. Well, my dad moved around a lot. Yeah. He was a military Army kid. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So he, but Midwest in general, um, yeah. and they met at uh, University of Iowa. Oh, cool. So they're Hawkeyes. So they they've been, they've been together ever since. Yep. That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. It's always nice. Like, I think some people, uh, you know, when they think about like meeting that person and like, oh, I've had this just one stable relationship. We've been together for 30 years, 40 years, like. It's almost weird how jaded people get about that. They're like, yeah, but how do you, what do you know? What do you know about love if you've only been in that one? It's, it's such a weird thing. Like, you know, I go, I go back and I kind of reference Mark Marin a little bit, the, the WTF podcast, and Jonah mm-hmm. Hill's parents are like that. And so you think that Jonah Hill is like this big, just showboating celebrity and all this kind of stuff. But like, he's raised with these parents that have been together his whole life. They're like high school sweethearts and everything. And he's, he feels like he should be apologetic about it because it's not edgy enough, you uh-huh. know? It's just so weird, isn't it? It's just like a, it's kind of fortunate, I think. I think so too. Yeah. You know, one of the things I've learned from that is that, you know, in that long-term relationship, mm-hmm. there's good times, there's bad times, and of how course. you handle the bad times, 
how you get through that is yeah. what's really important. Yeah. Because nobody is going to be blissful every day. You can't. If you are, no. you're ridiculous. Right. There's no, or you're drunk all the time. Right. Which is, which well, is then, fine. But it's a problem later in, in yeah. life anyway, right? <laughs> yeah. So did you grow up in, in Iowa? Is that kind of where you were? Raised? I lived in Iowa twice when I was little, but Very I moved little. around a lot. Yeah. I lived in 11 different places. No kidding. Some we, of that on my own volition, some of that because, you know, moving around with my folks. Yeah. Where, yeah. where would you say were like the most formative years were in high school and such? Uh, in high school, I was in West Virginia. So, West, yeah. Okay. So my only bearings for West Virginia are the shows on Discovery ID where people get buried in bogs. Just get, <laughs> get buried in a bog and no one finds them for five years because there's no roads running through that area. Is that is that an apt description of West Virginia? There are areas like that, yeah. yeah. So where I lived was um, on the Ohio and Kentucky border. Mm -hmm. So you know, kind of an industrial town. And right yeah. now, it's it's a. Unfortunately, I just heard a story on the news. It's yeah. got a lot of drug problems, meth and, and okay. heroin, because the economy is so bad. But when I lived there, you know, the energy industry was doing well. The yeah, yeah. you know um, metals like the and all that. Nineties. Yeah, well, the 80s. 80s, So, okay. yeah, it was still doing relatively well. Yeah, yeah. So it was a kind of a mixed town where, you know, there were kids in my high school that had Porsches and BMWs. and No shit. But there were also kids who had outhouses and dirt floors. Really? So, you know, it, there was a lot of disparity. How does that feel? Like, is it kind of confusing and befuddling to have, like, such a, uh, just a difference of, of people? Like, yeah, in the school like it that? was. And there wasn't a high percentage of kids who went out of state for college. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those who went to college stayed in state for the most part. Right. But, I, you know, there's a group of people that left and, and I I left and never really moved back. My Looked parents. Back, yeah. Yeah. My parents moved away um, when I was in college. They moved to Amarillo and they've been there ever since. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, I mean, what I got to wonder, what do you do in high school in West Virginia? This is like just a tweet. This is. Blank is what you do in high school in West Virginia. Like what what kinds of things do you do socially there? Man, uh, <laughs> do you get into trouble just the same as anybody else? My ethos was formed before moving to West Virginia. Uh -huh. So I always had a little bit of an edge. But so, yeah, I never got into serious trouble, but yeah. I always knew how to flirt with trouble. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yes, but I always wanted Flirting to also with disaster, be, as they say, right? Yeah, but I mean, I was also one of those kids who did really well in school. Yeah. And I wanted to do well in sports, so... You know, I didn't want to get in trouble. Yeah. You know, I was... What'd you, what'd you play in high school? Soccer. Soccer. Oh, okay. And I'm still, still doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's killer. So where'd you go from uh, out of high school? Were you... Did you really, really want to pursue college education and all that as well? Yeah. So my parents went to the University of Iowa, already said. So right, they wanted right. me to go to Big Ten, you know? Yeah, of course. that's what of college course. is all about. The, yeah. You know, that's the experience. The football. Good and, football. Good... Yeah. Good tailgating. All right. of it. Yeah. So I thought about Ohio State and I went there and... Oh, cool. Yeah, uh, but I didn't attend, so I didn't go. Uh, so, but, but I you went got visited in. and checked it out. Oh, oh, Decided okay. this is not for me. While on that little college tour, we went to a little private school down the road mm -hmm. um, about an hour from Columbus um, called Wittenberg. Okay. And Wittenberg is a Lutheran college. And um, when I went there, it was about 2,500 students. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of claim to fame is it, you know, Martin Luther did his 98 theses at Wittenberg in Germany. Oh, no kidding. Which, yeah. So those, so did his writings are actually in the library, in the, the original, archives. Is it, are those the ones he pinned to the, yep. the church door, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Right. So that, all that's in Ohio now. Oh, my gosh. That's, yeah. And actually, Hamlet, the fictional character, yeah. fictitious yeah. character, went there, too. Really? So, yeah. 
Not in Ohio, to, but in Germany. But in the, so, but the it was sister school. Yeah. Did they? Are there like original relics and artifacts that they kind of picked up and moved over to? Ohio? Absolutely. Yeah. It's cool. Why Ohio, man? Because Ohio is just a badass state. Yeah, sure it is. My brother, my, no, my brother was born in Columbus. I lived in Ohio. I lived in Columbus for a while in the mid eighties. Okay. Yeah, now, I, my impression of it wasn't as uh, apparently as wonderful as yours, but it was. I was just it's back a place, in May, you know? and Columbus is now. It's cool, right? It's super cool. Yeah, yeah. It's really, it's really well, got some it, distilleries and yeah, good stuff so going sweet. on. It's that bands tour Columbus before they all tour Cleveland now. Yeah, you know, it's so it's interesting shift and like. That give it, you know, give it fifteen years. That's the kind of things that can change in it. Yeah. So, what were you studying in in Columbus? Um, well, it, it oh, you said philosophy, right? Philosophy, yeah. So, with the, with like being a Lutheran college, was it kind of philosophy rooted in some kind of Christian fundamentals, or just there was more a open lot of religion there? So, I have a minor in religion, yeah. but it wasn't. Um, I took classes in everything. It yeah. wasn't just um, Christianity. Yeah, S- secular. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I had this one. Catholic priest teaching uh-huh. um, sort of world religions, wow, and he was the coolest dude. He was obviously not Lutheran, right? Right. Um, but he taught us all kinds of different religions, way beyond Christianity. Yeah. And it was it was awesome. I took a class on Judaism and antiquity, and you know all kinds. Well, that's of brilliant stuff. that they're kind of like here's the buffet of religions, man. Mm-hmm. You know, take dig in and kind of learn about all. Of yeah. So say, did you do the, the standard four-year thing, or did you get into some trouble and take six, eight years? Like, I, I did it in three and a half. Oh, that's... <laughs> you've, you're you're one of those great students, are you? Well, I had this... My parents helped me out a lot when I was a kid. Yeah. Like they, they got me into all kinds of academic things. And so I had an accelerated um, academic gotcha. stuff going on. So and, you just, and, like, you popped through it. Well, yeah. And so they sent me to college early. Um, so while I was in high school... I would take half a day to go to college. No and, shit. Yeah, Marshall University in Huntington, West Virginia. Is it hard to do that? Because it's a well, totally different you know group of people. What was crazy is uh, I went with this other kid, and we, you know, tried to play it cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And well, you're like, I'm cool. I'm yeah, supposed to be. but I, we didn't I want anyone to know here. we were in high school, right? Yeah, yeah. And so our first semester there, um, we're taking some classes, mm. and one day we had to wear our soccer jerseys because there was. We ran out of time to change, and right. we had to get there. I'm like, God, what do we do? We don't have time to change. Yeah, yeah. Which, I don't know why we didn't, but we didn't. And so people are like, why are you wearing high school soccer jerseys? Kids, right? Like, well, would you? What, did someone like actually it. come up to you and say Yeah, that? yeah. Because like, we worked out in the gym there. Yeah. And like we worked out with the, the college football players. Right, right. And we helped them study. They helped us work out. Like they were twice our size. Sure. Like I weighed 135 at tops yeah yeah you know and so I, they're like they're like a good 280 yeah 280 and, half, and they're right? bench pressing a cow <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah you know and so you know i helped them study they helped me work out it was great that's and a then, pretty good that's... and then they found out i was in high school and they're like what oh shit and then the ladies find out and they're like oh no oh, no. no but then second semester like okay different classes no one's gonna know yeah we're not playing you know this right season. like you're full you're fully in it right right yeah and so i walk in first day and there's this dude that I went to middle school and high school with. Uh-huh. And because I was always accelerated, I was always in his classes, yeah. even though he's older than me. Okay, okay. I walk in and this guy, Scott's like, no, this cannot happen. Does he keep feeling like... you're following me. Because, <laughs> you know... <laughs> you're a constant shadow of like right, how much I was of always a slacker play, you know, he is. up a year, right, in school. Yeah. So. Did he kick yeah, your so ass he, at he, some point? He tells everybody that I'm in high school. Oh. So I was busted right away. Dude. Yeah. That's it. 
I still dated some college girls. It was, it was. Cool. I can't. Yeah, I was gonna say like, there's got to be some sorted tales, mm-hmm. you know, because they're like, <laughs> you know, you're smart. You could probably talk your way through a situation. Yeah. I mean, and, and I'm pretty sure you could talk your way through a situation. You can't tell on this, but I'm yeah. super handsome too. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Of course. Right. I can. I. I can hardly <laughs> keep my eyes open. I, they're burning with all of the handsomeness that's exuding from this microphone. Yeah. But it's good. But I imagine. It was a quite a formative time socially. Yeah. To be younger, like a little bit ahead of the curve. Any, uh, how was the college experience for you? Not, not like academically, but how was it socially? It was great because, you know, um, okay, this is late 80s yeah, or yeah. mid to late 80s. And um, in West Virginia, the music scene was kind of tilted what? towards was heavy yeah. metal and stuff okay, or, you know, okay. classic rock. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the college radio station played a lot of, um, pretty good stuff. You're talking mid to late eighties, right? Yeah. Like REM at that point. I yeah, guess? yeah. Yeah. That kind of stuff. But I was, yeah. I was kind of getting into the more, the, the punk scene. Yeah. Um, Oh, and like, like so, who? Yeah. Like, you know, black flag and mm-hmm. who's and dead Kennedys Absolutely. and all that kind of stuff. And they were playing it. And so I met kids in college, you know, that I wouldn't have met in high school. Right, because yeah. my high school friends weren't. Some of them were listening to it, but the college guys were all listening to yeah. it. Yeah, like, it was that yes. was what the replacements like. That's all right. about left of the mm-hmm. dial, right? It's all about that whole that whole genre. That's like we're left out, but they play it here. Right, it's killer. Did so? Were you a big? Did you ever play music at all? No. Well, I, I mean, I've tried a little bit, yeah. but I've never gotten the hang. Not of it, successfully. So. Yeah. No. Nope. <laughs> you got by on your looks, not your playing. Yeah, yeah. I, I love music, but I've never. Yeah. Learn to play. Yeah. That's killer. So did you found kind of a, like a nice niche group of people kind of into into rock and all these kinds of things? Yeah. Like what 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 was appealing about it to you? Um it wasn't boring. Yeah. Um it's pure new, energy. Fresh. Yeah, yeah. The energy. Yeah, I remember, you know, what when it really happened was I was going on this church retreat. Uh-huh. And it must have a been like a eighth or ninth grade. No, I was actually a Methodist. Oh, okay, okay. Um and I was had my Walkman on. I was listening to like um, Judas Priest yeah. or you know Black Sabbath or something like For that. Sure, you know, right. Metal stuff. Yeah, yeah. And this kid opens my Walkman and pulls it out and put in. I don't know. I think it was Black Flag. Yeah. Or, you know, oh shit. And, Slip, and he slipped it in. Yeah. He goes, listen to this, <laughs> and that was it. And then it you changed know. It. That changed it completely, but oh, I didn't shit. know how to access that music for a few more years yeah. until I figured out, you know, the college station plays all that. So, man, it's got to be like an eye-opening experience. Did you have this amazing renaissance then, getting out of getting out of the house, getting exposed to all this stuff that you have like total access to? Yeah, did you go off the the deep end at all with it? No, you seemed like you're probably smart enough to like make sure you get done with college. three yeah. and a half years. You know, I never went off the deep end on on stuff. You know, I'm out, I always wanted to get the good grades and you know, yeah, do my stuff. Yeah. Well, so where'd you end up then after Columbus? Um, after Wittenberg, I moved to Chicago. Okay, cool. Yeah. Do, doing PR stuff then? Sort of. I, I went, my first job, actually for nine years, mm. I worked for the Boy Scouts. No kidding. Yeah. What does one do for the Boy Scouts? Do you know what I mean? Like, is it branding? Yeah. Well, so it was a, a multifaceted job. So yeah. it was um, a lot of marketing, PR, right. advertising. Um, no social media back then. Yeah, not um, then. Or- <laughs> <laughs> but it was all like getting things organized for kids. So getting, um, helping the schools organize groups for kids or the churches or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And helping the kids, you know, get the word out. So it was a lot of grassroots 
That's so cool. Yeah. So is there headquarters in Chicago then? No, it's in, in Dallas, but there's local oh, really? offices all over the country. No and so I worked for a local office in Chicago. Wow. Yeah. How was that? that that's got to be a, a vast difference to, to move from West Virginia, assuming that you were like in Chicago proper. Yeah. It's like a big metropolitan. Is yeah. that yet again, like a big eye-opening experience for culture and stuff? You know, I I, I had traveled so much and I'd moved oh, around. Really? So even oh, though yeah, I, you I lived you know, brat, in smaller towns, all... yeah, yeah, I... um. You know, I had the experience to, of big cities a yeah. little bit, you know, so it wasn't too shocking. And yeah. I really wanted to live in a big city. Very so cool. um, that was it was awesome. Right out of college, living in, in Chicago mm-hmm. was like a wonderland. Yeah, because there's so many what, young like people there. 22, 23. Yeah, 22. Yeah, and it, man. And it's great. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a playground for young people. It totally is. It's it a was so fun. City. Yeah. People cool then, too. Right. Yeah. Did you get? Did you catch on to kind of food and wine and drink all that stuff even back then? I don't know that it was popular per se. Yeah, then, so but it predates predates Chicago, and yeah. food and wine was big then. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I actually, all right, maybe reel in way back. So coming from a non-drinking family, yeah, my first alcohol experience was at my neighbor's house across the street mm-hmm. when I was in kindergarten. No kidding. Yeah, so I went, was playing with him, and he says, "Come back in the backyard." Look at this. I'm like, what is it? It's bear. What? It's bear. I'm like, what's bear? What is that? Yeah. It was a keg. His parents had had a keg party uh, the night before. They left it out so there? So they left it out. So we took turns oh, taking tugs off the I got bear. It, I got it. Nice. Yeah. So we just had this spout in our in our mouth and we would drink a little down. Oh. Like, bear is awesome. Bear is so good. After a little while of doing that, you know, we had to pee. So we dropped trowel and we got a little butt sticking <laughs> out and we're, we're peeing in the pansies. And his mom sees us and like, What's going on? Oh, Why are those shit. boys double Just around like, peeing in the yard? Because you, because you're pissing in a more liberated way than right. you would normally. And so she comes yeah. out. She goes, "What are you guys doing?" I'm like, we're drinking bear. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's my first alcohol experience. That's and, a fucking great experience. Yeah, and so then you know what really shaped my whole ideas of alcohol and mm. lifestyle was um, I was a latchkey kid in elementary yeah. school uh-huh. and. Cable, cable, came out. oh yeah, and cable, cable wasn't man. quite regulated in the seventies like it is now. Yeah, so when I would get home from school, I'd flip on the Star Channel or HBO. Oh man, and they would have shit on that that is relegated you be to late watching, night, right? Now, yeah, right. So like sophomore yeah. stuff was on. Yeah. During the day, was that and like all the kind of the por- porkies and shit like that? Like way before that, way before that. Yeah, yeah. Seventies, you said. Yeah. Right? Oh, like so, uh, oh, I can't even. I'm trying to think. Well, of Animal shit. House was one of the big ones. Oh yeah. But the movie yeah. that really did it for me wasn't wasn't nudity involved, but it yeah. was kids rebelling, it was tweens, middle school kids. Yeah. Um, which that wasn't a word back then. No, it wasn't. There was no but tweens. It was called Over the Edge with it, Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon. Yes. You know this? Yeah, you know I know this movie. this movie. Oh my god! And they take over the school, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Matt gets capped at the end. Dude, it is a great, and it's the oh, like, same. Sorry, I just ruined it. But... No, it's <laughs> too soon, Matt. But the, too I mean... soon. <laughs> the soundtrack you've got, yeah, um, it's great. Like Van Halen running with the devil. Yeah, and it's a lot cheap of tricks. Surrender, and it's a like... great movie, and it's yeah. the same director as The River's Edge. Do you remember that movie with Keanu Reeves and uh, Chris I didn't Pagano? know that. Yeah, dude, I, I'm almost oh now someone will probably bitch at me, but I'm pretty sure it's the same director. All right, I have I to believe buy it's this a female film. director. Okay, but so that movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. I'm like fourth or fifth grade when that came out. Yeah. And that changed me forever. Yeah. I was already in the Kiss Army. Right. So yeah. I already got that going on. <laughs> you know, so, but um, 
So I've got that that you know seventies edge yeah, things yeah. going on, and well, then Kiss this was movie fucking like, real subversive then. Yeah, but then the, these kids are drinking and stuff, yeah. and they're like oh, yeah. twelve, and I'm driving like, well, uh, motorcycle, not motorcycles, but motorbikes and yeah. stuff. Yeah, and I'm like, this is I got to do this. I'm gonna light a paper bag full of dog shit on fire. I'm yeah. doing that. So Hell yeah. I mean, so then I decided well, I'm gonna start collecting beer cans because you don't want to know why. Beer yeah. cans are cool, they but are cool. I can go down to the local you know specialty beer store right and buy beer legit because the guy's gonna say oh you're a beer can collector here's some really cool stuff from brazil here's oh, some stuff you wow. need from england how and old were you then like 11 dude, 10 but, 11 but since you're a hobbyist or like dude i get it yeah you, you're a so hobby, they would you're sell a cool me kid. singles and i would what take them the home fuck, really? and puncture them at the bottom with a church key yeah and drain them out the bottom so you couldn't tell it was open right oh did you and you drank it i hope yeah <laughs> <laughs> so That's this is my early on drinking, right? I, I feel I feel terrible that I was collecting baseball cards at this point. I then, yeah, and then we discovered cans. where all the high school kids hid their beer in the uh-huh. woods, and we would raid their stashes. <laughs> so we take you know. Did that ever end poorly? <laughs> yes, actually, I got my ass kicked really badly one time. A guy, no guy caught me. Yeah, so it's it like was, some high school dude caught you. Yeah, he caught me. He had pearl beer. Pearl. Yeah, oh, this that's is not worse stealing, yeah, man. He, yeah, I got my ass kicked for that. But no yeah. kidding. Yeah, it's a brilliant intro. It's a brilliant foray into to brewing. Into well, but yeah. Now, now fast forward to where I got my taste for good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, in college, um, I dated this girl who won a legs pantyhose contest. I remember like that. Are legs, legs pantyhose? The little legs eggs. Yeah, the legs eggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she wins this all expense paid trip to Europe. Oh wow! First class flights stay in grand hotels and ride on the Orient Express. Oh, Jesus. And so it's the Venice and Plon line, which went from Venice to Paris to London. Uh-huh. Um, and not the one that goes, you know, to Istanbul. Right, right. Um, so we we do this and... Wait, so she, she, is she like, hey, you should come with me? Yeah. Oh, did she pay for it? Yeah, well, I mean, it's all expense paid. But, but for, for two people? Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, man. It was awesome. So I don't know anything about good wine at all. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I, I wasn't... I'm a kid from West Virginia. I mean, even though I'm going to a kind of a snooty private school, yeah, I, I wasn't a snooty kid. Um, so I mean, I actually had to borrow dress shoes to go on this train because oh, the Orient Express is very. Is it really cheap. fancy? Yeah. Is it still around? Yeah, by I the mean, way? back yeah, back it is, then okay. this is um, eighty nine. Yeah, um, it was like fifteen hundred dollars a day. Jesus, for that's one insane. Yeah, even now that's insane. Yeah, is it? Well, how are the what are the cabins like in there? Oh my God, they're, they're beautiful. They're opulent. They're oh, so man. beautiful. Yeah. That's crazy. But so we're going through the Swiss Alps one night and we're drinking vintage Krug Rosé. Okay. And I, you know, I take a sip of this with my six course dinner or whatever. Right. Like, this is first course. With your leg model girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not envi- I'm not envying you at all. Yeah, she, at was this point. she was hot. Super hot. <laughs> and I'm drinking Krug Rosé with her going through the Swiss Alps. Right. Right. Like, what is this? This is insane. And then we had some first growth with uh-huh. some Lafitte, and I'm like. Going on, and I had no idea that wine could be so good. Yeah, yeah. And so we had very good wine and spirits while we were there. Yeah, and people were introducing us to stuff. Have this brandy. Have this cognac. Sure. Have this. You know, especially on that 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 train, man. Yeah. But you had access to whatever you wanted. It was amazing. And so, um, returned from that, and fast forward another year, we had broken up. You know, as people in, high, d- in college do. do. This is eighty nine, and so you out of college at this point? I was in college. I was nineteen. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Jesus, nineteen. And I was doing nineteen this? and drinking the good stuff. Man, and, you pinnacle, you peaked early, didn't you? Right. Well, then, <laughs> then I start dating this other girl whose father was a serious wine collector, and he yeah. had this enormous wine cellar. Like, 
bigger than my current house, like enormous. Wow. And it was cut into a cliff. Okay. Um, so it was all temperature controlled. And he yeah. had, he, he made his own barcode system. And so he knew how to rotate his stock and everything. Oh, wow. and it was amazing. Okay. And um, after I graduated, he actually would have me drive cases out to him from Chicago because it was cheaper yeah. for me to buy it in Chicago than, than to get in West Connecticut. Virginia. Oh, Connecticut. Um, just okay. the taxes alone would be thousands no of kidding. bucks. So yeah, he had stuff like hand lettered labels on stuff. And he introduced me to all kinds of like, you know, our, our opening wine you know, before yeah. we got into the good stuff would be yeah. like Chateauneuf the Pop. Wow. Yep. And then we would go higher end. Then you would go better. And so, yeah. So he taught me you know, later in college and then after college about really good wine. That's killer. Yeah. And so then when I moved to Chicago, I actually took a, a night job. Uh, doing wine sales so I could kind of afford like, and have the access on to better wine and stuff and like something or like being in grocery stores or what? No, was it? it was um, one of those telesales jobs. It was oh, Jesus. Horrible. Terrible. But the, the advantages to it were could drink all the, the wine I wanted. Yeah, you every have time to know what it tastes there. like. It was right? really good. Yeah. Yeah. And then knowledge. You yeah. Know, they, they had to learn about it to sell it. So that's, cr- that's a, that's not a bad gig. Yeah. So I did that for a little while. Not, you know, not terribly long. Yeah. Um, but, but you're still doing the Boy Scout thing. I'm still doing the Boy Scout by thing by day, moonlighting yep. as a wino and night. Uh-huh. <laughs> Eventually, life led me to Portland, Oregon. Yeah. What was um, it? Was it love? Was it career? It was love. Yeah. Yeah. I, meet- okay. There's a real quick aside on that one. I had um, I just been. I was living in Columbus. I moved back to Ohio after being in oh, Chicago. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. And so I'm in Columbus, and um, I really want to move back to a city. So I go to New York. Yeah. I love New York. I love, 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 so love. So you New moved, York. or you just visiting? New I'm York? visiting. I'm, okay, I'm, but okay. I'm on a job hunt. I will go for three weeks during the summer. Gotcha. I'm staying with my best friend, who was the best man at my wedding, and vice versa. Cool. We were childhood childhood friends. Yeah. Um, drinking buddies. Boy, wait, is that the beer guy? Will you drop trial with? <laughs> no, different. Oh, different. Would have been perfect, yeah. right? But yeah, um, high school buddies. We um, so I'm hanging with him, staying with him. Yeah. I've got. A couple ex-girlfriends who live in New York. I've got, you know, all kinds of friends who live there. You have so, a trail of dead behind you. Yeah, Like definitely. attractive oh, yeah. leg models and right. guys that, man. It, it, oh, and. I'm already starting to envy you. My man. Auburn cheerleader girlfriend uh-huh. who lived in New York. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah. So, I'm, I'm, I got to go there. I got to yeah, move, right? Yeah. So, I'm, I'm um, doing interviews. I think I'm, I'm going to be here. I'm, I'm moving to New York. Like, yeah, you got to do close. it. I'm closing in. Sure, sure. So, I go home to Columbus and, um. Still working for the Boy Scouts, yeah. and um, I go to the ad agency because we're working on this new campaign. Mm-hmm. And right, you know, like the day after I get back from New York, and this new girl is assigned to my account. I have a new art director. Okay, like, who is that? Oh no, who is that lady? <laughs> and I, I tell my buddy when we leave, my coworker, I'm like, yeah. I'm going out with her. Yeah, that girl is hot. <laughs> and so. I, I do my best to woo her, and it takes forever. She has no interest in me. Our directors, man. Right. <laughs> She's got a boyfriend, and you know, la, la, la. But, so we're talking one time over lunch when we're just professionally hanging, and um, I say, so do you, do you love Ohio? Is this where you want to be? Mm-hmm. She says, no, I've always wanted to move either to Colorado or the West Coast. Really? And I said, oh, yeah, me too. Was it, right did you mean that though? Did you actually mean that? Because you're like, I want to go to New York. You're like, you're you're really my dream girl. Let's go and, to Portland. Like West Coast? Yeah, I'd be too. I've always wanted <laughs> to live on the West Coast. And so, you know, it, after a few months of me like sending Courting? her gifts and yeah. trying to get her to go out with me, she eventually She's still in a says, boyfriend, right? Yeah. So how did that? She, she please tell up. me how that worked out. Like, did you? Your charm? Did you charm your way into wedding I charm that my relationship? Way in. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I would. Seriously, I would send her all kinds of little gifts. Yeah, all the time. And like one of them was 
a pound of coffee uh, from a local roaster. It's uh-huh. called Love Potion Number Nine. Like, oh, nice. Here you go. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, can you drop some of that off later? Right. <laughs> so eventually, she's like, "Okay, I'll go out with you." And um, yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, and she says, "Okay, well, we can't date until after we're done with this project okay. because because it I would can't be a conflict of interest, right? right? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah." So I said, "All right, after this project, you're off the account. You're done." Yeah. Um. So that ends on a Friday. Saturday morning, I show up at her place at five a.m. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, hey, you said we could date today. Let's not waste time. <laughs> no, no better time than the present. So I brought like grocery bags full of like breakfast foods and you oh, know wow. like elephant Gerald CDs and yeah. stuff like that. And, you're uh, just trying to champagne. You're, just char- and, you're charming your way oh, yeah. through that shit. So yeah, so so now we actually start dating. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, I got to figure out this West Coast thing. So I start calling people I know. Some of my buddies from Chicago mm-hmm. had moved out, you know, and so I call this guy. I'm like, hey. You know anybody who's hiring? He says, I'll hire you. Come out. So I've no shit. never been to Oregon. I fly Beautiful, out to though. Portland. Yeah. I interview. I get the job. And so I go back to Columbus. I'm like, hey, so I got the job in, in uh, Oregon. Oh, no. You want to move with me? And she's like, what? Oh, no. So we actually had talked about getting engaged. And mm-hmm. so we actually really did get engaged. I surprised her. Yeah. And then we moved. No kidding. So from our first date was... February 12th. Uh-huh. We got engaged on April 12th and we moved in May. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. And I mean, got, that's great. It's, it's yeah. a, that's storybook shit. Yeah. And then we, we, um, we got married, um, in October mm-hmm. in a winery in the vineyards in California. Oh, her parents man. lived in California at the time. Oh, cool. Is that why she wanted to head back to the West coast? Yeah. Be well, family I mean, and stuff or just, you know, Colorado, the, the draw of the mountains and West coast, the mountains and yeah, the ocean beautiful. and all that. Totally so yeah. Beautiful. And being close to her parents was a draw. Yeah. So yeah. And, That's uh, amazing. So how long were you in Portland? Four years. Four years. Yeah. So I worked at a winery there. You worked at a winery there? Yeah. I worked at Argyle, which is, you know, a fantastic place. Yeah. What'd you do over uh, there? I was a tasting room schlep. Oh, geez. But so I met the winemaker, you know, yeah. the, the guy at the time who was the president, who's, who's since moved on and started his own place. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the founder of, of Argyle. Okay. This guy named Rollin Souls, who is from Texas. No kidding. Yeah. He's an Aggie. He went what? to A&M and then he went to UC Davis and then he, he um, went to um, France and studied in Champagne right, and he right. wanted to start a sparkling wine house. So he went to Oregon where Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, Just two main grapes in grew. Champagne. Is it, what's the, well, what is the valley up there? Um, Willamette Valley. Willamette, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So he started Argyle in 87. No kidding. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I met him through one of my Boy Scout friends. And um, so crazy. got a job and, you know, we started, we drank wine together and he's like, well, yeah, of course you should work here. So yeah. We just, why not? You know, we hit it off. He liked my palate, you know, cause we were blind tasting stuff. Yeah. And uh, he let me do whatever I wanted. So like we didn't have formal tours. He said, you want to do tours? Take people on tours. You want to come out and work harvest and do production? Do it. You want to come out and help me make sparkling wine, disgorge the sparkling wine? And yeah. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. So I got to do all kinds of stuff. That's insane. Um, Most and, people yeah, don't get was, that kind of experience. It was it. fantastic. Yeah. And so that really, I mean, I already was very passionate about wine, but yeah. now I got to see what it was like to, to make it. And Which is a different deal. Oh, man. Most people, like, I just, I think about this with tequila, right? You cheat yourself. Are you out? That was the, uh, just for all of you listening, that was the sign that the, the glass was empty. The glass no, was which, empty. Which we're going to, yeah, I've got to meet you now. So I've, I've right. got to meet you halfway. And this, so just as a brief aside, old Taylor, 1961, six years old, makes it from 1955. This stuff tastes like this crazy hybrid between a wonderful caramelly bourbon 
<laughs> and a brandy. Yeah. And you shared it with me. It's awesome. And it's got the tax stamp on the top. It's yeah. It's my my grandfather's bottle. Dude, you got a half gallon I, sitting here. I have to do, pictures. We got to. We'll, a we'll do photos. We yeah. Have, we absolutely have to do it. But so the thing is, like, you were in it. You got your hands dirty. I got my I got my hands black. Yeah, that's when amazing. you make wine, they get stained black. Yeah, it, like think of think about. I'm just gonna say it. Think about Dolce Vita, right? Mm-hmm. Like, good tequila, hundred proof, fine, fine. But working on the staff for that company, you never have to get your hands dirty it's a different level of experience like you start to appreciate it differently yeah when you smell it it gets into under your fingernails it cuts you you start getting exhausted because you're doing all this stuff that is a level of involvement with products that a lot of people don't ever have to do so that's i didn't know that's, that about you that's I think the that's passion really i mean if people who do that like you do yeah and want to do that that's I don't know. That's, Foolish. No, that's the most interesting thing about it. I mean, that's why I started writing. Yeah. Because I met people who made it and I'm like, I have to hear these stories. And you know, I started my blog almost six years ago yeah. because of that. No because kidding. I met people who made it and that was their life's passion and that's what they did for a living. And I'm right. like, oh my God, that's so cool. I have to talk to you. It's and it's, it's always a cool conversation. Yeah. It's always it's different. Like. You got a lot of people up in Dallas, like distil- the quote unquote distilleries and stuff. And there's this mm-hmm. whole bottled by thing. And then there's a produced thing, but it's not distilled. So like a brief question then about that, because you you certainly know the up and coming people that are making products, making wine, making spirits and all that. How do you feel about the, what is the quote unquote craft movement now? Is it, is it like the tech? I mean, I'm going to lead the question a little bit, but is it like the tech market in the early 2000s? Where everybody was doing something, but then it just burst because nobody was doing anything. You know, the tech market burst, yeah. but it boomed again. It did, sure. And it's still booming. It took a little while, but right. Yeah, yeah, and so if it's like that, great. Yeah. But if you think about like craft beer, mm-hmm. it's been booming since the late 80s. I sure, mean, you sure. Know, um, slow, Sierra slow, Nevada, Nanker Steam, right. my first you know, local craft beers yeah. in the 80s that, that just like... Wow, this is really good, um, and so I think if if it follows those lines, great. I mean, because mm-hmm. it's been it was slow to take off, but it's really booming now. But mm-hmm. if you think about like fine wine, that ebbs and flows to a degree, but it's always a strong market around the world, yeah. um, and people love quality stuff where they can say, "All right, I can relate to the person who made it," which right. wine's all about. Um, and beer has gotten that way mm-hmm. and spirits getting that way, you know, in a lot of ways is, um, I think it's sustainable because you tap into that, um, desire to know something about the production of it. Yeah. Now it gets a little obscured with, like you're saying the people are bottled by, and, right. It's, it's a weird thing to me. Yeah. Cause it's um, kind of like, you're not doing it, but you're trying to come off as you're doing it. Right. And it's okay if you don't do something mm-hmm. right. Like I've got no problem with that. But I talked to someone who is a brand owner at one point, and he offers a tequila, right? It's made from David Soro and Sam Brazil makes the tequila. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to narrow it down so maybe people can figure out who it is, right? But people are like, oh, but is it an Austin tequila? And it's like, you realize there is not an Austin tequila. That's, right. not, that's not how it works. So it's just this weird kind of uh, reclamation and kind of, misappropriation of the well, you brought up Dolce Vita so sure. we'll use we'll use them as yeah, example yeah, yeah. I don't know those guys very well yeah so me either me I don't either. know how I saw the product That's but I assume yeah I think the product's delicious yeah, but um, I assume they go down to the distillery fairly regularly sure yeah. um, so and while they're not making it they've got some 
oversight and some say and some direction. Um, There is a a separation from actually being there and smelling the fumes and and doing the heads and tails yourself. But um, But you think there's still... uh, I'm not discrediting it necessarily. I, I think that... You're you're right. There there is probably a level of involvement there, but there's just that one step deeper, right? Yeah. And you know that. Oh yeah. And there's that one, just kind of delving into it just a little bit further, and that's what makes the difference to me. That's why mezcal is such a thing. Yeah. Because that's people are there. They're getting their hands dirty. It smells a certain way. They're getting mm-hmm. hot. They're sweating. You know, and like all these kinds of things. And I think that almost you cheat yourself if you don't make yourself go through that. Even if you're a rebottler. Right, and you're buying a bunch of whiskey from Heaven Hill, let's say. Well, like like Treaty Oak is done. Right, right. They're, they're they cheeky re- about it, they, though, they, which is funny, right. you know. Mm-hmm. Well, but, they rebarreled it, so yes. they aged it, they yeah. blended it, and then they then they bottled it. Yeah. yeah. Where was the juice from? Did they ever tell? Yeah, well, Kentucky and Indiana. Right, but which, but that's like saying, yeah. it's like, a, it's that's like a, wine, You get man. it from where you get it, right? Yeah, dude, I mean, um, it's like Heaven Hill. But I mean, that's got a, a, a limited shelf life, right? I mean, yeah. it's all, they, well, not shelf life, it can last for a long time, but... Right. They're only going to sell it till it's gone. Yeah, until and, they get their but own But their whiskey will be out soon enough. Yeah, and I've been tasting that for three years. How good stuff? Yeah. Are they? they, they no one has. All right, I'm just going to put. They want to age it for a long time, which so. is great. When that's a good philosophy, and it's interesting to see how the fluctuation of the barrel, contracting, restricting, all of this with the the heat works. Mm-hmm. People have done it in Texas, mm-hmm. and I've talked to. I fucking I'm really I love bourbon and we'll actually we'll break into this bottle in a second, but no one in Texas has done it amazingly. No one. So the cheapest bottle that Buffalo Trace puts out or the cheapest bottle that Heaven Hill puts out mm-hmm. fucking even Evan Williams. Mm-hmm. Nobody in Texas has made a bourbon that's nearly as good. And that is I, I think that's absolutely valid. And it is unfortunately we're handicapped in the craft market for whiskey. I, I know you're looking at me, and I think that's the the way it is, man. Well, no, I'm, not, I'm not going to dispute that. I mean, I think um, you know Garrison Brothers. It's tasty, it's fine. But, but yeah, yeah. Um, now, not bourbon, but whiskey. Yeah, I mean, Balcones has made some really good stuff. Sure, it's good. It's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, the I remember the the True Blue cask strength. Mm-hmm. That was pretty exceptional. That single malt is not. But it, it, it actually, opinion, they did make they made some bourbon. Sure, I've had small, it, and it was a small amount, and it was pretty good. It's it's pretty it's good. It's punchy, man. Yeah, it's punchy. Now, in all fairness, I was probably three sheets when I had it, and it was at sixty something percent cask strength bourbon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure I was able to to appreciate it as much. But it's an interesting thing, and I love bourbon, and bourbon is the true and unique offering that america's had into spirits mm-hmm. you know because vodka comes from elsewhere gin comes from elsewhere brandies of course come from elsewhere but bourbon that's us yeah that matches our rogue personalities our shooting from the hip mm-hmm. our parting till we can't remember anymore i mean that's bourbon right it's a wonderful uh metaphor for for us and culture of i didn't know you were a bourbon guy oh dude totally a bourbon guy All really right. i didn't know that no i try to keep it <laughs> i'm a mezcal guy too i mean yeah. you know in all fairness that but, I, I knew about the mezcal but yeah. i know about bourbon okay bourbon no i love bourbon i love because, bourbon too dude it's it's our jazz yeah it's all we got yep it's, it's all we got it really is so we, but beer we've got that's oh, beer. fine but i'm not a beer guy so it's but hard. we didn't originate beer no we sure make good beer. right yeah. bourbon well i mean you could say the scotch came over and like 
helped us figure out how to do this. Yeah. But well, so I'm gonna finish up. I've got just a brief sip here, and I'm gonna take this this break here to sip this old, old Taylor, which is really wonderful, man. It's yeah. good, isn't it? Doesn't that take you like transport you a little bit? It does. Yeah. You know, I wish I was. You know, my grandfather were alive to drink it with me. Mm-hmm. You know, but you know. <sighs> Excuse me. So was your grand? He was. He was a, a drinker. Not maybe heavy, yeah. but I mean, I, I don't think he was a heavy drinker, but yeah. he, he, uh, he appreciated good drinks. Where yeah. was it? West Virginia for him too, or no? No, he... Um, he moved around a lot, but like Midwest, um, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania, um, Iowa, Illinois, yeah, uh, that sort of thing. Seattle. Oh, cool! I mean, it's all, all over the place. The place. Yeah. Well, you know what? Like everybody, every episode, I have somebody pick a bottle from my my stash. Yeah. Although it's a public overt stash, and then all the bottles are there. And you know what? Fuck it, man. We're gonna we're gonna drink what is the most expensive bottle of American whiskey, because there's scotch <laughs> there's scotches that are the five thousand six thousand. But as ter- in terms of American whiskey, this is the most expensive bottle. And this is the, the only reason I mention that is because it is there is no correlation between quality and cost in bourbons. Because you make a good like old charter, old tailor. I can't imagine this was very expensive. It probably it was cheap. Out. Cheap as shit, right? Yeah. But it's brilliant. Yeah, and we're gonna do it. We're just gonna fucking do it because it's bourbon season anyway, and all these bottles about to hit Austin anyhow. Let's have it. Uh, so we're gonna do the Pappy Van Winkle twenty three. I'm gonna let you pour, unless you have a superstition against it. I've met a couple people that have superstitions against uh, pouring their own bourbon, but I would allow you to, if you want to pour your own, or I can come over there and pour it. Either way, let's have you pour. Mm. My pleasure. I'm gonna pop over here and do that. So this is, at this point, Buffalo Trace juice completely. This is a bottle from, I think, 2012. And it's something worth experiencing so you can have some kind of litmus and kind of understand bourbons and stuff. But I don't know, man. Worth $2,600? Eh, I don't think so. All right, let's see. There we go. Thank you. Absolutely. My pleasure. And for me, I'm just trying to create a drama here for people that are listening and they're like, wait, are they going to, they're going to do this? Oh, that Buffalo Trace is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Do you think, what do you think about uh, $2,600 a bottle now in wow. gray market? Yeah, I don't know that I would pay that. That's right. Yeah, I don't know that I would this either. It's tasty, but it's yeah, good, I'm, not, but I'm not paying that. Yeah, dude, it's insane, right? Yeah. yeah. This, but this is the most revered fucking bottle. It's really man. nice. It's good, but twenty three, or excuse me, twenty six hundred bucks, twenty three hundred. Gray market's ridiculous. I got an email the other day from a guy who was a pappy hoarder, more or less, and every Buffalo Trace bottle, including the Van Winkles this year, are up about fifty percent resale. You could get a bottle of the 12-year Lot B Van Winkle last year for probably, say, 200 225 350 straight across now. Wow. It's insane. And the 23 is no exception at over $2,000. So thank you for sharing for sharing this moment. Yeah. I'll break it out often, man. So it's Yeah, thanks for breaking it out. Yeah, of course, of course. So you end up in Portland. You're doing the work. You say that you're there for four years. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm doing the math. 
you've been in Austin, you said 13, was it 13 years? Almost 14, 13, hitting almost 13, 13 at the end of this year, yep. Buying the, the house in Tarrytown. What lured you back, or not back, what, but what, what brought me you, here? So you know? I had, um, while in Portland, like right after we moved there, I left the Boy Scouts and it was middle of the tech boom. Mm-hmm. And I joined a PR agency that did um, all tech stuff. And it mm-hmm. was mostly semiconductor design. Um, and so I, I did the commute on the plane um, down to San Jose, mm. down and back in the same day, a, a lot. And so I was deeply steeped in that chip design world for right. for a few years um, in Portland. And, you know, Intel's there and, and yeah, a whole it's a great, lot of... I mean, it's Silicon Valley, man. It's right, a, it's, right. It's a lot, so, lot of stuff. Um, so I, I got... How did you find the, the contrast between going, like, working the, the tasting room and then going into tech? Oh, man. So I did the tasting room on the weekends. Oh, you still did? So I was doing the tech oh, cool. during the week. So I would take time off from my tech job to during harvest to make wine. Yeah. But yeah, my, my winery job was my hobby job and it cost me a fortune because what? Why? Yeah, because they would they would tell me this, like, we'll give you like, a, say, $100 a day to come out here and, right, right. and do this job, which to me was like, I don't know, it wasn't a job. It was going hanging out with people and telling them how great this wine is. Yeah. And... Getting them excited about wine yeah, and, yeah. you know, showing them how it's amazing not, it can be. It's a non-job. And, and, yeah, it was a non-job, but your they paid ple- me Your for fucking it. pleasure to go out there right. and do it, right? It was yeah. so awesome. Yeah. And, but, you know, so if they're giving me $100 a day to go do it, yeah, let's say that's what it was. Sure, sure. Um, then they told me, okay, then we'll give you 50% off on wine. Ooh. So, you know, quickly do the math in your head. That's $200 worth of free wine right. for coming out here and having fun all day? Yeah. Yeah, I'll do that job. But what the problem is... At the end of the day, when you're loading up the car, two hundred dollars worth of free wine is a very small amount. Yeah, you know, because Oregon wine is kind of expensive. Is it what, like a case? Well, no, not even that much. So, you know, I would end up coming home with four hundred dollars worth of wine. Oh, so it costs me a lot to work doing. there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> it's, it's it's not that it costs you a lot, but it's like the temptation itself costs you. Oh a lot. my god, yeah. But I ended up with I a lot of good wine, and yeah. I still get to this day, you know. 13 years since I've moved here, yeah. I still get wine from them on a regular basis. I just got three bottles from them today. Oh, that's killer. Yeah, so I have a ton of Argyle at my house. I can't imagine. What's your collection look like it's, now? It's, it's pretty good. Pretty. A lot of, my collection of Argyle is pretty good. Good. My collection in general is okay. It's all right. Yeah. So you're going back and forth to San Jose, you say? And yeah, then, so I got uh, really deep you? in the tech stuff. And yeah. so my the agency I worked for there was pretty small, and it was... Um, one of those places where I could tell the writing was on the wall that uh-huh. it wasn't going to be gonna... booming for long. And so I started looking for another job and I got a job offer from one of the biggest independent agencies in the world. Oh, um, it happened to be at the time headquartered in Portland. Uh-huh. And I'm like, sweet, I'm going to go to work for it's them. Perfect. Yeah. And during the interview process, it was obvious. I really liked them. They really liked me. It was a great fit. And about third or fourth interview in after a few weeks, mm-hmm. I say, you know what? We love you. We love you to go to Austin, Texas to do semiconductor work for AMD. Oh, man. And I'm like, wait a minute. I thought this was a job here for Microsoft in Portland. Right, right. And like, no, but you got all this semiconductor background and we don't have anybody with that skill set. You need need you in Austin. Yeah. But that's in Texas. Fucking Texas. And... You know, my parents have been in Amarillo since like, you know, late 80s. Which is good. That's a good thing. At least you're closer right. to them, so that's, right? Right. Yeah. But that's like my perception of Texas is oh, which Amarillo. Oh, a terrible place. And, you know, and it smells <laughs> like feedlots. It's, and what, it's terrible. Feedlot yeah. means cow shit, right? Yeah, so, for sure. I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't know if I want to go to, to Texas. <laughs> um, Portland's 
pretty damn good. It smells all right here. I can deal I with this. I got great friends yeah. and uh, you know, I've this got a, 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 a moderate drug habit that I can manage here. Right. And <laughs> my, we were an hour and a half from being on a ski lift. Yeah. We were an hour and a half from being on the beach. Yeah. I don't want to leave that. It's not much better than that. But so I, 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 I'm like, all right. Reluctantly, I come down here and I interview for a job. Yeah. Would you? How was? What was your wife thinking at this point? She's like, what? Get the fuck out of here! You're right. not, we're not going to Texas. Right. So she never. She would never live. Your parents were in Amarilla. 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 But, <laughs> but she. She didn't have family down here. Well, right? so here's the thing: is we had put on our list of do not move to places, uh-huh. um, places that didn't sell alcohol on Sundays. Uh-huh. You know, and uh, you know, Texas has changed a little bit. But blue laws. If you had a blue law, we weren't going to ever live there. Like Indiana. Sorry, hell no. Indiana. Hell no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Texas, hell no. You're right, right. Um, but so, like, uh, all right, we'll never say never, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And so, but it was on our do not move list. Oh, no and kidding. So, yeah, I fly down here. I do the interview. I'm like, wow, Austin's kind of cool. It's not so bad, yeah. And so I go back and I tell her about it. And she's like, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure it's not so a shitty place? So I bring her down and we, we poke around a little bit. Yeah. And... and um. She ends up, she likes it, and I like it. And we're like, okay, well, good. this is a good career move, too. So I take the job, and we move here. Killer. And um, I'm pretty sure that my son was conceived right after the interview process. Really? Because was it a was it we stressful were time? And you're like, by the time we moved there. Oh, so, man. So, you, know, you know, in Oregon, in Portland, they've got that big... Um, billboard in Portland says made in Oregon. <laughs> my son should have that t-shirt, right? So, buddy, born in Texas, so he's a native, but made in Oregon. Made, made in Oregon. Right. Yeah. But so, yeah. So, when we moved here, um, she continued to work for the agency that she worked for in, in, in Portland yeah. for six months until the day before the baby was born. Oh, man. Yeah. That's, and a, then tr- she, that's a trooper. Yeah. She's a trooper. Yeah. So, so, you look back now, it's just like, it's been Austin... It's a good phase. No, we moved away for a year. Care. Yeah. My job moved us again. Where, where? Moved us to London. And, oh, uh, not bad. So then. 2006. My son was two at the time. And my, my, my friend always said, my, my best friend, we were... Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Best man, right? Best man, yeah. yeah. He ended up, he was in London too. No kidding. So he's lived in my neighborhood. Some, some where were you living in London? In Chelsea. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, and some college friends lived there. I had met some people, um, some Brits at a wedding in New York that mm-hmm. you know, lived you know, close enough by. And yeah. uh, my office was super cool, like 70 really fun people. And so we loved it and uh, um, had an opportunity to extend this day. It was supposed to be three months and we extended and we extended. And then um, my boss quit. Oh, and they're man. like, hey, guess what? You have to come home now. Oh. Like, no, 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 no. We, we, well, we love London. We just yeah, London's brilliant. And, uh, and we're, yeah, and, uh, and so. Fish and said, chips all the time. Yeah. It's and, so good. <laughs> so, no, we had to come back to Austin, and I was so bummed. And this is 2006, and, yeah. and I'm like, man, I, I, I'm i going to hate it. I don't want to go back there now. After yeah. we've lived here in this, one of the most cosmopolitan cities in the world. Sure. You know, I, I hear eight different languages just walk into work in the morning. Right. How could I go back to Texas? One, one language. Right. And, and a well, draw. Two, they're Spanish. Um, <laughs> well, but that's so, true. Yes, that's true. Yeah, and, and we get on the plane the next morning, and for whatever reason, we get bumped up to business class, and I'm sitting mm. there all hangdog, like I'm going to cry, and order a bunch of champagne Just right off the bat before morning. we get off, you know, yeah. before we take off, because you got to, you know, wash the pain away. And, right. Um, my wife looks at me and says, you don't live in London anymore. 
you live in Texas. You're going to buck up. You're going to land in Austin. You're going to embrace it. You're going to love it. <laughs> and we're going to live there. I'm like, and if you don't, I'm like, you're right. That's shit. our home. That's where our house is. That yeah. We just rented out while we were gone. Yeah. That's where our friends are. You're right. And so we get home and our friends had had the, the yard done by some professional service. Uh-huh. They put, they stocked our house with groceries. Oh, that's They've amazing. They've got like a, you know, lake day planned for us the next yeah, day. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh man, I've forgotten how nice Texans are. Fucking Austin, yeah. Specifically, yeah. I know, and so like, okay, well, I'm not looking back. London was great, but man, now Austin's I'm looking it. forward to it. And yeah, yeah now I, I never want to move. That's incredible. <laughs> man, I don't know. I just got back from, from London on Monday. In the was... West Coast. I'm like, oh, I could, yeah, maybe yeah. time to move back here, but yeah, no New York for me. But but London, it's pretty London good. Is it's ridiculous. Pretty, it's pretty love good. London. Yeah, it's really really good. So. You came back, you're doing semiconductor work, conductor work, you're in tech, but it, w- at what point you're like, I can't, I got to do this myself. I can't keep working. Well, for so it. Uh, what was it? A, was it a dramatic thing or was it just, no, nah, you know what kind of, it was kind of eased into it. So when I, I left that agency and I worked, went to work for Dell and I was yeah. in a marketing job there doing product marketing for, you know, servers and sure, sure. networking. Like real stuff. exciting stuff. Super exciting stuff. I mean, I, I, in all honesty, I loved Dell in so many ways because I'm the sure people there, there was a lot of great people. Yeah. But yeah, it wasn't that exciting. Like what I was doing, with, it's, uh, you know, not, actually there yeah. was some interesting stuff, but the product line, I don't have a server at home. Yeah. It's not riveting stuff. Right. I'm not going to go like read those trade magazines. Yeah. And stuff. No way. So, you know, I was whining about the, you know, I'm not feeling creatively sparked and, yeah. you know, I'm not doing cool stuff like I was back, you know. When I was working with Lance Armstrong or whatever, doing yeah, ACL yeah. Fest. And my wife's like, well, then do something else else after work. Yeah. You know, um, don't cry about not working at a winery. Don't bitch to me. Right. Just do she something. She seems like so, she keeps you on task, man. Well, you know, I'm making her sound like a hard ass. She's really no, no, she's, no, she but says just these like things in sweet ways. And, but yeah. yeah, but she is. She's she, she's good for me. But anyway, so um, I, I've said, well, I'll start a blog. And uh, so I started writing. What are you drinking? Yeah. And actually, my first blog post. I was trying to think, what do I write about? What do I do? How do I yeah, get what started? Do you, what do you write about? And so my first blog post, uh-huh. my, my buddy came over and his wife had started drinking Bud Light Lime. <laughs> <laughs> and so the, she brings the a six pack. The great hope of Texas. Yeah. She brings yeah. a six pack of Bud Light Lime to my oh, house. Oh, shit. And um, she knows. I mean, I met these this couple. Yeah. When I first moved here, I met them in a wine club, mm-hmm. a, a wine tasting drinking education club right and so, so she was, knows i mean she's a she knows a her shit right? she she knows her shit she knows i know my shit and she brings bud light lime to why my house. is it a, just she a joke it it no. doesn't taste bad but it doesn't taste good well it, it's refreshing and it she is likes good it. it's a good it's it's a good inspiration for writing so my my buddy doesn't really like it yeah but he goes all right let's let's taste it and i go okay i have Lacroix lime <laughs> you know, flavored sparkling <laughs> yeah, water yeah. in the garage. Let's grab one of those. Let's grab a Bud Light Lime and do a taste test. And that was my first blog post. No in, kidding. In, in 2010. How was that received? Um, You know, I think like my buddy and I read it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was factors of two. Like, yeah, but you know, I started downward. writing a lot. I mean, when, my, when I first started my blog, I was doing like a story a day for a month. Yeah. And then, you know... Over time, I slowed down like once a week. Right, right. And now I'm, I'm trying to keep the once a week pace, but sometimes I don't. Yeah. Um, but that's, I mean, coming up on six years. That's crazy. It's a long time. But, that's you know, a long time. About four and a half pre- years ago. You know, ago, that predates most of the cocktail stuff here. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, the cocktail stuff was just bubbling scene. up. Yeah, yeah, the beer scene was starting to pick right, up. Right. So I mean, I I kind of evolved with the scene. Yeah. Um, I got a little more serious about my writing. I got a little more serious about the subject matter. I mean, I always loved beer, wine, cocktails, right. spirits. Um, but I started getting into it more, and so um, you know, I wanted to tell people stories, but I figured they had to take me seriously. So I studied and got my um, yeah certified sommelier. I know, now. I noticed this, and I also got my certified specialist of, spirit, of, of wine um, thing. Now I'm studying for my certified specialist of spirits. Right, taking that exam this hey, month. Hey, we'll study, man. Yeah, we'll st- <laughs> <laughs> I want to take bar five as a producer. <laughs> I really do. Like that's one of the things that's on my list. But so, yeah, let me ask you this because I consider you a good uh, a good representative. I'm just unfortunately you get summarized as a representative of the wine community. All right. Now, this may not be the case for all wine people because I spirits people, for some reason, a little bit more humble, a little bit more modest, maybe because they get drunk more quickly with spirits. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. Right. Yeah. Why is there such, at least as I perceive it, why is there such an air of arrogance in the wine community? What do you think that's about? Or do you not see it at all? Is it just I mean, it could be totally me. It right. depends on who. I mean, if you talk to producers, yeah, no, they're normal dudes. They're dull no, because we've got to we've got to break our backs. People yeah. who are making it and people Dude, who grow the grapes, and totally farmers. different thing. I mean, Absolutely, and that's the kind of people I I really relate to. Right. Um, but you, you know who I'm talking who are, about? Are slinging it? You yeah, know, slinging it for sure. Well, I mean, it helps to be a little snooty because then you Why? can command a little higher price. You know, because uh. wine has that aura of. It's um, a little bit of a celebratory drink, you know. Yeah. I mean, okay. To a okay. lot of people like me, it's a daily drink. You know, it's a, it's it's it goes with your meal. Right. So like, right. You know, you have to have a decent wine with a yeah, meal. Yeah, of course. How are you going to eat? But um, other people, it, it's you know an occasion drink and or something they aspire to. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I want a really good bottle to celebrate. Right. And that, I think that's really ingrained in in a lot of cultures, not just Americans. No, sure. It's, um, yeah. So I think that, you know, when you sell it in a nice shop or at a nice restaurant, yeah. you can play into that by being a little more formal. Right. Um, formal. That's a very nice soft word to describe it. Yeah. And and there are a lot of down-to-earth small yays in, in Austin. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, great guys. I mean, and if if it weren't for the small yay community, I wouldn't have studied. Yeah. Those guys helped me out and was saying, you know, I said, well, I want to learn more. And I, I took my test with a group of writers, yeah. not with other psalms. I mean, well, other psalms were in the room, but right, I, right. my study group's other writers. Um, and But the sommeliers in town helped us. That's cool. Exponentially, because we don't work the floor. We wouldn't be able to pass no, it. Yeah, and it's not know? the same experience. Um, those guys, yeah. And so I think there's a lot of people that here that are down to earth. Yeah. But I, I get what you mean. You know, you have to... I don't know why it is Sell that up way. a little, because it's expensive. It is expensive. It's and maybe not like that, Pappy. I mean... Well, whatever, whatever this should <laughs> well, be. It, it can be. It can no, be I like, do. It, yeah. Like, a degree is expensive. Mm-hmm. We both got our degrees. I got a master's degree, I'm sure. You've pursued it. Like, those are expensive. Mm-hmm. And I still am not a dick about it. <laughs> I, You know, like, even though I can put it on my LinkedIn profile and stuff, like... I am one to include. Mm-hmm. I like being inclusive. I like to talk about things and never alienate someone for what they like. Now, vodka is one exception, perhaps, but 
Like I, I just feel like it's not the same. Do you, and just this is a question because I don't I don't want to pin Somalis down or whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. Are they really looking to include people in the conversation? The guys I know in Austin are good. Yeah. Okay. They're 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 awesome. Awesome totally, guys. Yeah. When I say guys, that's gender neutral. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, because there's a lot of fantastic Wonderful women. women Paula, in town. Paula's back in town. And Paula's right? back in town. We've never met, and I imagine if she ever hears this, she's like. Why the fuck is this dude saying my name? <laughs> but, but I read. She's you know. a celeb. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I, We have three master psalms in Austin. Yeah. One of them's a woman. Yeah. June Rodil. June, oh, which is, she's, now she's great. Oh, yeah. Ultra down to earth. Yeah, you can go drink Very a star with her. Talking. You know, yeah, yeah. She's been Liberty. wonderful. Yeah, no, I mean, she's, she's cool. But, I mean, I think if a lot of people are like her that are just super cool, but yeah. they might have to be a little more formal at work because right. they were going to find dining establishment like Jeffrey's where she is or sure, sure. whatever. So they have to, you know, yeah, they have to be a little more. I get that. No, that makes some sense. That yeah. makes some sense. And, and perhaps I just like to react <laughs> and just like to, to have that raw kind of impression of, of sommelier. You know, it's funny, you know, I can't remember like four years ago, there's a uh, dude who started a blog. It's now five years old. Yeah. Um, called stay hoppy. Mm-hmm. Um, and Matt, um, said, let's do a wine and beer, you know, who's a bigger dick, um, <laughs> <laughs> the wine you know, snob or the beer geek with you the know, big sideburns. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. so we did the, like the stereotypes of both. And it's funny because at the time I had the sense that, you know, beer was more exclusive. Yeah. Like, cause the beer is the drink of the every man, but uh-huh. craft beer you know, four and a half years ago or whatever, it was right. just starting, you know, in bottle share. I mean, well, big in, in Austin. I mean, right, it's been right, around right, right. for a while, but, um, it, and it was getting really snobby and like really exclusive. Like mm-hmm. if you don't know this, you can't hang Ugh. with us. And <laughs> you, I, I just love the look on your face and you're yeah. kind of like, like your chain's wobbling. It's like, well, if you don't know this. Right. Uh, yeah. If you don't collect <laughs> this. <laughs> well, you're just bummer. out of the know. Right. And, yeah. and, I love, 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 love craft beer scene. You know, mm. I represent a, a brewery. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm going to have three breweries on my roster next year. That's incredible. But, but I still think there's a little bit of elitism in beer yeah. that is what a lot of people think of as wine. No kidding. Yep. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to say this one thing. Um, either you distill spirits because you understand how spirits taste. And it's a different process, obviously. Yeah. Right. Or you brew beer. I want, and we'll take Treaty Oak out of it because they know they're whiskey guys. Like, so they know how to make whiskey, right? So they're making beer, fine, 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 fine. But everybody else, brewers, I don't want them making spirits because they know how beer should taste. They don't know how spirits should taste. What about real ale? You don't want to taste that? Well, they're cool dudes for sure. Okay. They, They are, right? But do one or the other. What about Ranger Creek? No. Again, like I the the, the, the rye the rye good, right? Like yeah. I like I, I like their stuff, but just pick one. You can't be a good comedic writer and then be Michael Bay, right? Like you can't do. But I just don't feel like you can be amazing at both. You well, can be okay at both. Yeah, but you, you can't be about, amazing at both. But the whiskey thing, yeah, you've got to make beer. I know, but or but, rum, you've got to make but rum it's a beer. Different, I know, but it's a different process. It, like, it, well, yeah. you know, there's no hot. You don't want to fucking hop a bourbon. Right, that would no. be ridiculous. No, right? no, no, no. You're you right. don't have to go run through that second piece where you're, you're, um, 
uh, sterilizing the, the the war. You know, you don't right. have to do any of that stuff. Right. Like it's about the distillate. That's the real real goal. And so for some reason, I don't know why I'm so goddamn stubborn about it, but I don't want brewers making booze, and I don't want booze guys making beer. <laughs> I don't know why. I I feel like I'm like a Gestapo in this shit, right? But but that I I feel like it's just so different. Like you well, can't be good at both. But what about wine guys making spirits? Well, they're just tossing the still. They're <laughs> <laughs> making brandy, right? Yeah, that's, that's, they've, been, they've been doing that shit forever. Yeah, that's been going I mean, on for yeah, beginning of time, right? It makes right? sense. It totally makes sense. <laughs> but you know, you know, you can't imagine. Can you imagine Jimmy Russell or Jim Rutledge, those guys making an IPA? Nah. No fucking way you can, right? Yeah. Because they're making bourbon. That's but okay, what well, what about a chef who crosses genres of food? Uh, and you Yeah, know, that's true. That's true. There's, there are certain people who are artists. Yes. And... I can imagine. I, I mean, I've never had Ballast Points mixed cocktails, yeah, but me either. maybe they're good. I don't yeah, know. Sure, sure. And I don't even know what they're doing. Are they, are they making their own spirits? I don't know anymore. Okay, yeah, but I don't know. now they've maybe. just been purchased, so right, right. It doesn't matter anyway. But yeah. um, there are people out there who've got that sort of you know ideas and abilities and yeah. experimentation, and they're just they're artists and they yeah. they can do all kinds of things. Not everyone can. You're right. There are some people who are distillers and there's some uh, people who are brewers and there aren't many who could do both yeah it's but, hard yeah it's hard being it's like being ambidextrous right larry bird could do that shit or even bisexual ah well no no that's, no anybody no. can throw the throw <laughs> this and that like that's <laughs> that doesn't take any skill to, <laughs> well there was no smut in our conversation so far so that's good that was really good go. yeah it's like can uh any Yes, we could we we could spend a night out and we could probably go either you know either way that's not as difficult but I'm glad that, that you kind of shed in some light on it for me. And I, I don't know why I'm so hard aligned, so like rigid in my belief. And I, I kind of hope that it maybe people get mad about it, right? Because it's like you just can't imagine Julian Van Winkle. You can't imagine Harlan at Buffalo Tree. You can't, right. making the, you can't imagine the, making those, guy, those guys making a light IPA. Right. It's like, oh, why the fuck would you do that? <laughs> That's a horrible thing, right? Yeah. So it just flip it. It's the but, same thing. But you know, thing. it's funny. Like, I can't believe wineries don't make beer because all winemakers drink beer, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, the yeah. Low proof why wouldn't stuff. they want to make their own? Yeah, you know, I mean, it is a totally different thing. It is, but, but it's, it's like I can't imagine a winemaker not drinking beer. So why wouldn't they make it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let, just just tell them to make some brandies. Yeah, we're we're totally good. We're yeah, totally good. Yeah. So, well, it's good, man. It's been good chatting with you, and and I I love to hear about your escapades, if you will, and <laughs> and your youth. And it's always been been good to hear what you've had to say in your blog, and the stuff that you're covering is is it's important. And I can't wait to see what you keep doing with it. And I hope that we can talk about more things and I can work on some more stuff and we can keep drinking. So thanks so much for joining me, Matt. Cool, Mike. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Cheers. Well, there we go. Great times chatting with Matt. What do you guys think? Are you excited about the Treaty Oak expansion? Are you excited about Matt getting his spirit certification, which I think he finally just got actually after this interview. He just posted a picture about that. But he is cheeky, right? It seems like he might get into trouble a little bit. Light some firecrackers here and there. A little rambunctious gentleman, I would say. And I really am thankful, Matt. Thanks for so much for sharing the Old Taylor from 1962-1963. Wonderful bourbon. And honestly, there's not anything that tastes the same as bourbon from that era. So 
there we have it. Another edition of Show to V with Mike G. Thanks so much for listening. And no matter what, remember to keep dancing.